This is Mind Salad, a program of diverse weekly discussions about mental wellness with a rotating panel of licensed professional mental health counselors on a variety of mental health topics with guests and information to help you sort through life struggles. The information that is provided on this program is for informational purposes only and is not meant to treat or diagnose any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. This week, your host is Carlos Viafon from Mind Renewal Behavioral Health Services. Good morning, Colorado Springs, and welcome yet again to another installment of Mind Salad, where we will talk about mental wellness in this community and across the country. My name is Carlos Viafon. I am a local licensed professional counselor here, been in practice since 2006 here in Colorado Springs. I'm not originally from here. I'm from Los Angeles, California. I'm a Chicano male. Hablamos Español. My practice name is Mind Renewal Behavioral Health Services. If you recall last time I was on, I discussed a, a pretty deep topic, a pretty deep concept, that concept of grief. We talked about how to deal with that. Well, we over there at Mind Renewal Behavioral Health Services, we also specialize in trauma and trauma therapies. Now, today I want to talk about one of those uh, modalities of therapies called accelerated resolution therapy. But before I get into that, I wanted to say that there are a lot of treatment modalities for treating trauma and anxieties and stressor-related disorders, if you will. At my practice there at Mind Renewal, I have two or three clinicians who practice EMDR, and some of you might be familiar with that particular modality, eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. In and of itself, wonderful modality, very, very interesting type of therapy that is so very helpful to many people. Now, accelerated resolution therapy, or ART, came from EMDR. So we are very, very thankful to the EMDR folks and uh, grateful that uh, this was created once upon a time, 1995, I believe. Um, Don't quote me on that. And uh, the person that trained me is the founder of, me and my staff is the founder of Accelerated Resolution Therapy. She's based out of Connecticut. And I want to say that in no way, shape, or form am I a spokesperson for Accelerated Resolution Therapy. I do not work for them, uh, but I do have a pretty good relationship with all the folks over there. Um, I am a master uh, trained and certified art clinician. And so I wanted to talk about that particular modality. What do we use art for? I mentioned at the beginning that art, again, accelerated resolution therapy, I'm just going to call it art from this point on because it is a creative type of therapy. um, And it, it utilizes the patient's unique creativity, not mine as the quote unquote professional, but your individualized creativity to create the changes. So art started off as a trauma therapy. And uh, I know like EMDR does, um, we use art for a lot of different symptoms. Again, trauma, number one, but also for things like addictions. 
just regular day-to-day anxieties for more complex issues like compulsions or obsessions. The beauty of art is that it utilizes different elements of different types of therapies. For example, we take components of Gestalt therapy, which in itself uh, explores the past, explores, uh, like I mentioned in my last show, some unresolved issues from childhood, from family of origin. Art also utilizes a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy ideas and philosophies, but also exposure therapy, which is another trauma therapy in and of itself, guided imagery, and some psychodynamic therapy as well, where we explore family dynamics and how those issues may have created the issues that we're experiencing now, that maybe we've buried over the years, that maybe we have not dealt with or processed. So that word process, like what does that really mean? You, you hear a, a lot of therapists use that, let's process that. Let's, what's that emotion? Let's process that. What is that thought? Let's process that. The way I like to explain that word in therapy is deal with. We don't like to deal with things. We don't know how to deal with things. So we bury, we stuff and we stuff and we bury and we stuff and it pressurizes and inevitably these things boil over and they make a mess. And that's typically when someone decides to go seek professional help and going to see somebody like me or my staff at Mind Renewal. So all of these therapies that are mentioned are very, I don't know, evidence-based. That's a du jour word that's out there. Uh, Very trusted therapies. Um, So art kind of combines a lot of these. It's very eclectic. Um, And again, we're taking the the strong points, I believe, of of most of these therapies and uh, we're putting into play. Now, art is what's considered an eye movement therapy. And um, I'm not familiar with how many eye movement therapies there are out there. Um, there's a tapping uh, therapies, um, energy psychologies, but EMDR is the very well-known one. So we are uh, like EMDR. Um, how does this stuff work, though? I-, I don't know if there's an exact reason or description of how these eye movements work. I don't want to get into all the scientific, you know, terms and and ideas out there. I think that's, that's a little bit boring, but um, the eye movements uh, serve to kind of jumpstart the creative parts of your brain in order to create change. Another big point of art is that we, 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 don't necessarily need to talk about the difficult topics or the difficult issues that, you know, are troubling us. We don't have to get into detail. So I really love that about art and EMDR for what it's worth. Clients sometimes have a hard time talking about their most intimate, most personal life events, especially if it's a traumatic event. Uh, Think about, you know, wartime. And we service a lot of military over there at Mind Renewal. Wartime issues, combat, um, natural disasters. Here in Colorado, we've had our share of natural disasters. People lost homes across the country. Floodings, Katrina, fires in California. So much 
distress so many emotions that you know come about this and how do we deal with this stuff sometimes people don't want to talk about these things sexual assault it's a very sensitive topic to discuss and you can't see me through radio land but i'm a ball-headed goateed chicano male who might look intimidating to certain people i might look like a particular i suppose perpetrator and what we don't want to do as therapists is re-traumatize that's a big big uh, theme that we discuss so the beauty of art is that you don't necessarily have to tell me your story all we're asking you to do is to think about the event to conjure it up in your brain so that we can deal with it there are three things that are required and necessary in order to in order for art to be um, effective for you so if you're interested in art think of these three questions one you have to have the ability to move your eyes side to side in a fluid pattern without any physical pain or distress sometimes the eye movements uh, are not possible because of eye injuries seizure disorders sometimes and uh, just physical pain ocular issues that you know we have nothing to do with and no control over so if there is some significant pain to do the eye movements to move your eyes side to side in a fluid pattern um, if you can do that then you're a good candidate the other is the ability to hold a thought so one of the things that i like to ask my patients when i'm doing this is i ask them this question i'm going to ask you all the same i want you to think about your very first kiss and if you are able to to conjure that image in your brain then you're a candidate for art and then the last criteria that i i ask and is required is motivation believe it or not some of our symptoms and our behaviors are functional for us they serve a purpose and sometimes it's hard to let go of some of the things that you know bring us to therapy they kind of become our identity but if you want to change, if you want true change and not be the way that you have been and live the way you have been with the distress and the handcuffing of the emotions that these events cause and bring to us, then you're a good candidate for art. So there's a process with, with art. And I don't want to necessarily discuss the technique itself, but the beauty of art, again, is that um, it's a, it's kind of a methodological approach to processing these uh, these issues, these emotions, and it's these emotions that we will get rid of. There's a term that we use in uh, art called voluntary image replacement, and so it's not uh, you know the power of suggestion or anything like that. It is whatever the patient wants to change their experience into. That's the beauty of it. The term art is also very, uh, I guess, indicative of the creativity that this modality uses in that, we're again, we're trying to activate the dream state of a person. And think about that. When we sleep, we dream. And I know there's viewers out there who might say they don't dream and they never have dreams. I think we all dream. And sometimes we just can't recall our dreams, but we all dream. When we dream, I don't know about you all, but sometimes we have these really kind of funky dreams, right? Where some weird, really weird things are going on. And that's your body. That's your brain, your psychology 
doing what it needs to reconcile the day stressors and the life stressors that that the body, the mind has been dealt with. I, I recall one particular dream of mine where I remember I'm rowing a boat across the sky and, and off I go and I'm afraid of tipping over and falling off the boat and just free falling and then out of nowhere a waterfall pops in in the middle of the sky and i'm tumbling down this waterfall on this boat and of course i in, in my dream at least i i never hit the bottom and i woke up and i thought to myself wow that was weird um so we're trying to activate that and i say that because when we're dreaming anything goes anything is possible So there's a portion of an art session that we call the director scene uh, where we, we will tap into that. So you heard me use the word scene. When we are using art, I ask patients to put their event into a scene format where it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And what that beginning and end is, is up to the patient. For example, let's say we're, we're processing a car accident. For some people, their beginning might be when they woke up and, you know, went downstairs and, uh, you know, made their coffee. For others, it might be right before impact. What's the, the end of their scene? It could be right at impact. That's the end of maybe one person's scene. Uh, another person's ending might be, you know, the visualization they have in their brain of being on that gurney as they're getting wheeled into the operating room or the emergency room with tubes and lights and people talking all around them. So the beginning, middle, and end is different for everybody. Uh, but we ask that you put your memory your event into scene format and then we're going to process that scene several times finishing up with uh that director scene well actually it's it's towards the end of the of the art session and in this director scene the patient gets to recreate that scene into a more effective or positive way now granted we cannot change the facts of things. We cannot change what really happened. Um, that is what it is. But we can, with the use of these eye movements and the bilateral stimulation, we can change how people deal with these things and how people react to these things. So I like to tell people that the, the facts, the memories, what actually happened um, are the constants. And I don't want or expect someone to forget what happened. I don't want someone to just lose that unless you had, and I think that's impossible, unless you had a brain injury and some amnesia, the facts will always remain. Now, when I asked you at the beginning to envision your first kiss, I think most people are able to do that. And so I I do have to be careful because sometimes our first kiss isn't a, an enjoyable or pleasant experience, and it actually can be a traumatic experience. But overall, in general, a first kiss is usually funny. It's usually kind of silly. I don't know, uh, you know, neutral or, or almost indifferent. Uh, but inevitably, I get a chuckle from people, a laugh, a laugh out loud, um, or just kind of a, a, a sigh or like a, <sighs> but they can recall it. 
And they're also recalling the emotions that they have paired with that event, with the facts of the event. Now, the weird thing about memory is that if I ask that same patient the same question about their first kiss in two or three months, it's going to sound a little bit differently. It'll sound pretty close to what they told me two, three months ago, but they might recall a, a different smell. They might recall a particular color, um, time of day, or just a different fact of the event. So joyful memories uh, paired with joyful emotions are easily and readily recalled. When it's something traumatic, though, the brain tells us, nope, I don't want to remember this. Why in the heck do I want to recall that traumatic event? Um, I don't want to remember that. So we're just going to store it over here. And where is over here? Wherever it lands. And with trauma specifically, those stored uh, events that we don't get to uh, store and file where we want them to file, those are the ones that come up. And usually at the most inopportune or worst moments, worst timing, I guess, in, in our lives. Um, anything can recall those, uh, those events, those memories. It could be a smell. It could be a time of day. It could be a geographic location. If you're driving by something or some place that is where this incident happened or reminds you, your brain at least, of where this incident happens, you'll remember it. And depending on what's going on, that's not necessarily a good situation. Um, so we want to be able to access, give you access to all of those memories because the facts will always be there. But we want what we want to help you work through and process are those those negative emotions and sensations that you have paired with that memory. And it's those negative emotions and sensations that we can change and remove and replace with the voluntary image replacement in the director scene and, and other locations in the, in the art session. Now, there is a term that we, we discuss in art called the reconsolidation window. And that's a very interesting term because I'm a very curious therapist. I'm kind of skeptical with many of the... The, the treatment modalities that are out there. I really like to do my research. Um, there's so much out there. And the, the types of therapies that I do really match my personality, match my philosophy of counseling and therapy, and that's why I do uh, what I do. Now, this reconsolidation window uh, was an answer to a question that I had, like, well, how how can we possibly change what you know, what someone recalls. How is that? Now, again, I don't want to bore you with the, with the research and the science behind things, but if you're interested, give us a call. Look us up on, online, www.mindrenewalbhs.org, uh, 719-465-2582. Ask for Carlos. Uh, leave me a voicemail, and I'll be happy to answer your questions. But um, I wondered that. How, how 
could we possibly change how someone recalls something? And there is a science behind it. But this reconsolidation window is a period of time during which memories can deliberately be changed by activating that memory and quickly extinguishing any distressing emotional and physical sensations that you've associated with that memory. There's research also that says that replacing a distressing stimulus with a soothing one appears to be a really, really effective way um, of dealing with this rather than just kind of extinguishing the distressing stimulus all alone. So we're not only are we trying to extinguish, get rid of the distressing stimulus, whether it's an image, a sensation, or an emotion that you've attached to that memory, but we're trying to replace it with a more positive one. When we're doing the director scene, again, the client has the creative control to do what he or she feels needs to happen. Some things that have come up in sessions that I've done Again, using the car accident example, uh, the car accident never happened. They were able to swerve at the last minute and they never got in the wreck. Or um, they changed that particular distressing scene or clip of the scene, snapshot of the scene, image of the scene with like a really cool vacation in Acapulco or Hawaii or with an image of their, uh, you know, grandmother or some other positive thing that's gone on in their life. So replacing uh, the distressing emotions and image that come with the event is really what we're trying to get at. So that's, that's how we kind of treat trauma, okay? And that's the nutshell version. Um, you don't have to talk about it. You're following the, the protocol or the script that the clinician is, is talking you through. We're doing a lot of guided imagery here. We're, uh, we're doing some imaginal exposure to it, but we're not necessarily talking about it. And some people really, some patients really, really appreciate that. And, and I do too. Now, we can also um, kind of reinforce some of, some of the good things uh, that people have. And that's kind of along the lines with the director scene. But for example, if you're, if you're about to give a very important uh, speech to your board of directors or at school, something simple like that, you're giving a speech to your, your class or to your team at work and you're anxieting about that, we can go through an art session and an art, art script uh, to help you visualize yourself doing that and really doing a good job. And seeing that and feeling that finished product of you giving that speech without any anxiety and just kind of nailing it. We can reinforce and give people confidence to drive again if they had a, a car accident, to get back out in training to get back on the ball field if they had an injury and psychologically you can't you're stuck because of the injury so art not only is for trauma but we can also reinforce the resiliency skills that already exist in any given person another really cool 
way that I've used art is for addictions. Um, that's a, a different kind of way of doing this, but we have a term in art as we treat addictions and using art for addictions called the little liar. And I won't get too much into it, but the gist of the little liar is your your inner voice, your inner self-talk. It's that proverbial, you know, devil and angel on each of your shoulders. And it's that kind of mischievous voice in your head that's pulling you down that path. And with an art session, we will do battle with that little liar. We will identify that little liar. We will tangibly create this little liar. And you'll see what your little liar looks like. We'll use the little liar also for obsessions and compulsions. Um, what are you saying to yourself? And that, again, that's the, that's the cognitive behavioral therapy in this particular therapy is what, what are your inner thoughts? What is your self-talk? Let's explore that. And let's pair that with some eye movements and some gestalt and explore what might be the root of these issues. We might go way, way back into early childhood and some experience that you've encountered um, as, a, as a kid or as a teenager or as a young adult. But oftentimes what's troubling us now in the here and now is interrelated with other events that are similar or tied together somehow, some way from our past. And the beauty of these eye movement therapies and art is that we can cut that line from way back when. And I use the analogies of anchors. We're rowing a boat. This, this boat in the sea of life. And as we go through life, we are tossing out anchors uh, overboard. And these anchors are tiny or these anchors are really, really huge and just kind of weighing us down. But we keep throwing these anchors overboard and these anchors become our stuck points and they don't allow us to move forward. And so we have to identify these anchors. And again, with art and these eye movement therapies, if you process one of those anchor lines that anchor line might be intertwined with five other anchor lines and if we cut that one line we're getting rid of three four or more similar or like issues that you've dealt with in your lifetime in one art session and the sense of freedom and release is an amazing amazing feeling so again Art, accelerated resolution therapy, a very, very unique and creative eye movement therapy that will help you with traumas and anxieties and depressions that you experience in the past and or that you're experiencing in a typical day or a day to day situation. We can help you with the deepest issues that you might have or the very basic kind of life stuff that goes on on any given day that might have you stuck for just 30 minutes or a particular event that's coming up. That's a lot of information. If you're interested in accelerated resolution therapy and or EMDR, most if not all of my therapists at Mind Renewal Behavioral Health Services are trained in one or both of these modalities and give us a call. It's different. You don't have to talk about things. 
give us a call get out there get it started ask about these therapies and i promise you one session will get you thinking in a different way about therapy and about recovery listen next week guys as lexi ellis from interfreedom counseling is going to talk to you about trauma and substance abuse in veterans. I'm so excited to hear that one. I'm a veteran myself. Just talked a little bit about trauma. You'll hear her perspective about things. So I'm excited for that. Folks, that's it for today. Join me next time. Take care of each other, guys. And remember, if you correct your mind, the rest of your life will fall into place. God bless. See you next time. Mind Renewal is a minority and veteran-owned practice with a passion for serving the underrepresented and to remove the stigma attached to seeking and receiving quality behavioral health services. Mind Renewal has a diverse group of clinicians with assorted specialties to meet your individual needs. Their goal is to empower clients to improve their quality of life and help connect them to resources that sustain their positive growth. If you're considering help, call Mind Renewal 719-465-2582. You've been listening to Mind Salad, a discussion of mental wellness issues and topics with a rotating panel of mental health providers. Heard every Sunday at 1130 a.m. on KPPF. And be sure to listen to the podcast on Podbean.